Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Pictures. We are recording the second part of the series where we discuss our favorite films from 2023. We have another guest, Dhruv, who's now like uh, someone in the family, not so much as a guest. So he's back with us. Thank and uh, Shomujit as well from last and time. This, I mean, this is what and... we have to say because we are using Dhruv's Zoom. <laughs> ियर So today it's the part two where again we talk about one favorite from uh, each uh, from last mm-hmm. year. So and, yeah, so we we'll begin. And, and yeah. we don't know how many parts there will be because who knows? <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll on for it will be twenty twenty five and we are still talking about favorites from twenty twenty three. Yeah, hopefully uh, not too much. But there's I think uh, four five films still left to watch for all of us. I think. Yeah. Who thinks yeah. yeah. one? Who thinks is the biggest one? No, I think. No yeah, it's the biggest uh, one. For, for me, I think all of us strangers. Also. Oh yes, that is also. Yes. Okay, and yeah, I have heard of that film also. Boy, Boy and the Hair, Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. some some films. Yeah, yeah. quite a few. So, you know, without wasting any further time, let's dive um, in. So we begin with yeah, Drew. You you go ahead. Yes, everyone's yes. favorite film on the panel. Uh, so we are talking about uh, Pacification. This is directed by Albert Serra and. it was it made like the festival rounds in 2022 i think cans it premiered first i saw it at nyff actually when i was studying in new york still and i remember i went to and i'm sorry just to whoever is not aware of the film i think it's it's playing on mubi india if i'm not wrong or it's on mubi at least of somewhere so it's like accessible now to a lot of people to watch it's about basically so i, I mean to put a colloquialism sort of onto it it's like slow apocalypse now in some senses if you want to say it that's one way in which he described it albert serra as the director described it and um, so i think i when i i remember i've not seen any other film from the director so when i went and watched this uh, it was ba- basically out of you know i read the plot sin part of a plot synopsis and the reception at cans i had seen and i was like um let's try this out and i remember i was i felt sick like a day before going to this so this is like i was like in that i i had a bad cold and i was like should i even go for this or not because i was like you know i it's 2 hours 45 minutes or 2 hours 40 minutes and i didn't know that the film is going to be like a prime contender for one of the slowest of cinema like it's it's slow <laughs> cinema times 100 or times you want to say 50 also like it's so, yeah so you are basically saying pacification is like your comfort film like this thing that people watch <laughs> while having soup when they have uh, like like i wow. <laughs> i'm trying to think if i've slept to this film but no i don't think i have i've seen it thrice though which is saying something wow so uh i mean so i think the big thing with pacification i mean i'm fascinated by this sort of uh, point of view in general i mean one of i think uh, after seeing uh, boat revive by claire dini and lucretia martel's zama these are two films which are i think very 
like they've op- they really make me fascinated about how filmmakers use a colonialist point of view almost and to depict what some people are uh, the to depict the sort of exploitation that goes on in a colonized place so and the the place this takes place in is a uh, french polynesian islands i think french colonized yes. uh, polynesian islands and it's basically about this uh, smooth talker who thinks he's in charge of everything and then before yes. he realizes everything sort of starts to drift away from his control basically there's other forces at play bigger than him and he's sort of caught up in he becomes someone who's as um disposable as everyone he thinks is as disposable before that so i think one of the fascinating things and that's why i was mentioning bortrevai and uh, zama is that you take the perspective of someone who sort of is a middleman almost even though he doesn't think he's a middleman uh you know that he's someone who's subordinated to like the french government and like other forces which are at play but he's also in charge of a lot of operations that are taking place on the island and then you get this really great push and pull in some ways of you know um seeing how he tries to exercise control over the over the people there but you also see him sort of getting lost uh within the sort of uh, geopolitical quagmire that's sort of going around him and i think one of the things that and you guys please chip in after this who uh and i know you to uh, to hit and swami ji are not particularly fond of the film which is very understandable no, no, please go on because the more you talk about the film the more i feel like watching it again because sure, okay. it is you are right your perspective is absolutely on the money um and it is fascinating to see uh, this man kind of struggling bargaining You yeah so yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, i think but i think more than anything with pacification the thing that did stick me uh, stick with me and i sort of went back again and again to it is just yeah. the vibe and the atmosphere it just like when i watched it the first time i was like okay this is a lot like zama which is the lucrecia martel film which i think is a better film still uh yeah. and uh but there's this really like you know hypnotic quality to it and there's just these sequences yes. where I mean there's this one sequence I just I remember watching it in the cinema and it's I was just like what I I couldn't like pin down what I was feeling in that situation where they go on this jet ski onto like this on these waves of water that are like really you know uh they it's basically like a show set piece like you know avatar had come out that time and some people said that uh, like Albert Serra's doing his avatar in that sequence and I was like it's a very strange sequence where because you know something is off very soon like the way the film begins you you sort of there's this uh i think there's this quiet tension always there for me at least there was so yeah. which is why yeah. i didn't find it boring but i sort of you know i did find it like there are portions of it which are very you know languorous and uh, sarah has a very uh, idiosyncratic style of actually shooting so i think i was reading that he was he shoots like long basically long takes of course but like he had like 500 plus hours of footage when he shot stuff and then he whittled it down like in post production so he like allows everything to be recorded and then sort of you know uh makes the film so he finds that. the story in the editing yes. like um, yes konkarwai uh, and uh, i know terence malik does that also so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's fascinating so, wow yeah um yeah 
Yeah, no, it's very fascinating. I think it's, uh, so I didn't know about the process as such before, but uh, I mean, I like, I think I, I went through all of NYFF and started, I sort of overextended watching a lot of films and, you know, I was like, I don't know what all will stick with me, but then I think from that moment onwards, I just couldn't like, you know, take the film out of my mind. And then I watched it again on my laptop and it still had an impact. And then it was playing again in New York at that time. I went back and watched it in the cinema. So, you know, I, and I've still not been able to like shake the feeling off of that film. And there are like these really surreal sequences, which are just hard to, you know, comprehend where they come from. Are they, are, is he thinking it? Are they, you know, um, actually happening? Like it sort of goes in that middle zone where this course a very Lynchian sequence or Lynch reference, whatever, you know, there's this nightclub sequence, which just seems to go on forever. And, uh, you know, the people are dancing there and you're just thinking, but, but like, you know, and he seems super lost in that sequence. And then I I don't want to spoil much. There's less to spoil because the film is so elusive in the way it depicts violence. Because spoil it. Uh, there's really yeah. experiential uh, uh, yeah. cinema. So you can't spoil, you can tell the whole plot, but basically yeah. nothing happens. But yeah, it, every- yeah. Yeah, it's um, the whole, uh, I think it's the whole, I, I think this is sometimes when I was listening, I had attended the Q&A also with him and he was saying that it's almost this idea of everything is going on and you're just so out of control mm-hmm. of anything and it just, that helpless, it's almost, there is a feeling of helplessness in some senses that you are like, you know, you have lost control and everything around you is just moving at another pace and then before you know it, there's, you know, it's almost it's almost feels like an end of the world sort of film like that a, a, yeah, apocalyptic yes, yes, uh, yes. feel is definitely there you know throughout the film and i feel that and I, this is why i really really love the last shot of the film which is like a very great you know it implies violence in the most uh, beautiful way possible i feel so i think like just I don't know. I've not, not seen a film this gorgeously apocalyptic, if that makes sense. Like, it just feels like the end of the world, but like everyone seems to almost be enjoying it. But there's also, sorry, I'm going on about the film a lot, but uh, there's also this bit in how he tries to exert control with, you know, the one thing I was really thinking about was, uh, and Arijit, Arijit, yes, please. You was You wanted to ask something? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I find yeah. it fascinating the way you describe it, especially yeah. uh, Lucretia Martel's Zama. Yeah. And uh, I haven't watched Dutrove, but uh, mm. one of one other clear new film comes to my mind, which is White Material. So I just wanted mm. to ask, uh, uh, like, is it like mm, this perspective is from this one particular character who's uh, on the side of the uh, colonialist, right? And he's on the side of the colonialist who thinks he's almost an emperor, but he realizes pretty soon that he is pretty small in the just another disposable yeah. yes soldier right yeah right yeah. right right yeah. and also like like when you're talking about the like the face of the film, uh, I yeah. understand that the film structure these this way yeah. isn't uh, going to operate on our standard uh, you know yeah constant drama yeah. and you know moving forward that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, like, is it is it like uh, a sort of free flowing thing? But it mm-hmm. still has those basic uh, rules of you know storytelling. That's like 
setups have payoffs. You you set something up in the beginning. I, Maybe the base is. Hmm. I'm trying hmm. to think if this setups and payoffs thing is actually there. I don't I, I don't think, think, think so. Oh, no, I, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember that setups have yeah. payoffs. I think it's more just there. this. I more just this idea of conversations happening and silence is sort of dominating. Yeah, and and you also sort of really. So what when I saw it, what I felt mm. was like as the film goes on, you yeah. sort of understand how, uh, like how the whole thing is sort of like a maze. You know, yeah. like it's very all the whole political relations and how mm. I think the guy was not a soldier; he was some some consulate or a yes. commissioner yeah. person. Like he was more of a like diplomat, uh, more of a, like a government diplomat. figure mm. than like a yeah diplomat sort of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think like the way he was. He was trying to sort of be on good terms with the people on the island. Was it like mm. Polynesia or something? Yeah, yeah, was... Polynesia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I, I, oh. the only, only thing classically dramatic, like whatever you want to say, classic dramaticism in the whole film is actually him trying to exert his control over the people who are under him. So I think there's this, there's this, there right. are these sequences where he's direct, quote unquote, directing people to be savages. And to dance, essentially, in his sort of way, like he's he keeps on saying that, oh, please, like I'm not in control of these people, but he consistently, like you know, directs them to do stuff again and again and again. So it's almost like yeah, he and, is trying to exert his control, but then he's sort of right, also and also like away. yeah, yeah, and he's also like uh, he sort of wants to sort of manipulate them into believing that he has their best interest at heart. Yeah. when yeah. that's. That's not exactly the case, and most of the times you just see him do what's best for him, and what yeah. helps mm-hmm. him, you know, profit of whatever uh, situation that's there. And yeah, uh, I mean, this film sort of again because they came out in the same year, and since we're talking about Claire Denis, I mean, it's not a good film per se, but I oh, also I know which one you Stars at Noon. Yes, uh, yes, yes. The same, same year. And that was, oh, I hate that film and, so much. No, no, like even I didn't like that film, but there is this, I mean, I think Claire Denny sort of has a reputation for doing this sort yeah. of anti-colonialist film or, you know, like just yeah. show sort of like uh, the post sort of colonialism, how yeah. things are and how, you know, the colonized countries or areas have been extorted and they have been yep. sort of ravaged by the colonizers yep. and how how like that is still happening most of yeah most yeah i think like, i think she's she is a product of that thing right i think she's she was uh, she was born in uh, french colonized africa senegal maybe uh, or and i think she was i think her debut film chocolat i think does that whole thing of it sort of sets but up whatever she anything away from these people who want to tell these stories but i would yep. really like if someone from the colonies you know makes yes. a film because yep. yes it is important what they're saying but mm. the problem becomes that uh, stars at noon is all about this romance that has yes. no chemistry and yep. fiction i would see five movies about that transgender woman rather than yes. this white Going about tasting yeah. the mm. rain. I'm sorry for being brutal, but no, no, no. It's, it's totally that. That's a... what you're saying is completely. I completely agree with you, and I would love mm. to watch that film again. I think uh, mm. that classification will work better in a big on a big screen. 
Mm. Uh, you get that immersive feeling, and I think oh. that would be oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure, like pacification. See, I'm also like I have nothing against its existence, but I'm I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of slow cinema because of I am. While, like, I love slow like, cinema, I, but the problem like, with this why? film is that it's so navel gazy. And mm, like it, I, uh, Dhruv, I completely agree with you, and I really want to watch it again with you, so mm. that I want I can get more into it. Mm. It's just that I just watched Friday, okay, and it's mm-hmm. a Ethiopian film, and mm-hmm. even though I did not understand it completely, mm. it was such an unconventional film. There is no setup payoff. It's it's just it. I think it's replicating. how you feel when you're on khat leaves which is addictive substance and sure. i think it's a beautiful uh, mm-hmm. experience to capture mm-hmm. i don't think pacification kind of gives anything of i am interested in the filmography of the director mm-hmm. yeah uh, i just i can't relate to the pacification i really no no it, uh, yeah. no so yeah, like, no, what i was So like what I was saying is like it's it's I'm not a huge fan of like slow cinema in general, but it didn't mm. feel like one of those slow films where you know it's like I'm sitting there like oh is something gonna happen like it had its it had its breezy sort of a pace at which it was going like you know mm. it was almost like oh uh, like how do I put it it's like just. Uh, Like you know, you're taking like a siesta sort of a. It's it was sure. like a siesta I, sort of. A, I'll be honest to you. Know, I, I, I've never seen this many uh, walkouts in my life. Uh, in a <laughs> oh, I I I have I have because I have attended a screening of a house that Jack built. Like I saw it. Oh, I you know the weird is so. No, no, there are people so, just got repulsed probably by that. Yeah. No, I, you know, I saw it with the most enthusiastic crowd of people. Uh, the Jack, yeah. the, the house, the Jack built, which is like oh, surprising. Right. To me. So, right, right, right. Yeah. Anyways, Arjit, uh, you had put also, your hand up. I think. Okay. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so I just want to know. I think the nature of the film um, now I carry it. I think it's more mm-hmm. like a brooding sense of you know, sort of. Drifting yeah. away, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, like they, they sort of, they sort of market it as like a slow thriller, and it sort of works actually. Like as the film progresses, the sort of political uh, aspects of it become more fleshed out. You it yeah. really mm-hmm. becomes complicated. The level of anxiety, because. I think it's a little it's, paranoid, like, no? Think, because he starts to yeah. sort of look at. He uses like his binoculars to look at if there's this some submarine right. which is like you know roaming right. around everywhere. I think you put it very well. Very helpless film, and in this mm. era, we are feeling helpless every day with the political mm. situation, the economic situation, and mm. I think it captures the time very well. Mm. That is a very good point. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah, think mostly films like these. Uh, They have yeah. this. Uh, I mean, I'm talking from the angle of uh, you know having the colonial identity. Mm-hmm. I, I'm reminded of white material actually because uh, but yeah, yeah, white no, material. No. What I remember was uh, she was isolated. The Isabel Hooper yeah. character. She was isolated, and she was sort of uh, trying to you know get on terms with the uh, people, the natives, yes. and, and that that uh, well again she got alienated, and also she gets alienated from. 
Yeah, I, I, yeah, no, I, I feel white material, uh, uh, at least uh, when I saw it, I saw it recently only actually, that is very much Claire Denis' zone and that's probably a most quote-unquote right, right, conventional right. film, uh, if, right, I, if right, I were right. to say. But but I think, see, I am also coming from a position where I am fascinated by, you know, this particular perspective of, because I always find it very uncomfortable when, you know, your white filmmakers or colonialist filmmakers will take the point mm-hmm. of view of the oppressed. You know, sometimes and it's it's almost right, like right, right. there's a Definitely. disingenuity in that. So I'm very interested mm-hmm. in someone like Denny or I think Sarah does it less, but Denny and Lucretia Mattel are doing mm-hmm. this thing where, or at least Denny at her best has done this thing where uh, mm-hmm. you have taken the perspective of the uh, the person who you can probably relate to more, which is the white person in the situation. Right, right, consistently right, right. like refracting it and then you're sort of almost making... You know, it's not exoticization of the other, but it feels like the no, other no, is serious right. in a way which the col- the colonizer cannot understand, which I think is a very mm-hmm. nice tension, which I respond to. But I also see Swamiji's point that there is a inherent lack of, you know, you can't, but then I think there's all, but that's the whole thing that the gap between the idea of representing someone and not being able to represent the other, I think, is the bigger, right, right, biggest sort right, of thing, right. I suppose, when in this right, sort yeah, of thing. That's, that's and and you I, know, like, when what I sort of actually felt both with the Claire Denis film and with Passive Fiction is, hmm. I don't think either filmmaker was trying to sort of say something from the point of view of the oppressor. And, and I that think is the problem. Was, I think, and I don't think they should be doing that because, like, mm-hmm. who are they to rep- who are they to sort of represent that perspective? So, mm-hmm. like, if you want to fund somebody uh, oppressed to do it great but I don't think it's on and player in your the to, there is no fund there is this. no producers backing people of color mm. I mean that's, no, but that's... if we start watching movies like that it's I sort of believe it's like a very reductive sort of statement to make if we start watching movies like some indigenous community has to have it's good if they have it but if we see like a, from, from a very practical point of view if I'm not Your saying that they have to have a seat at the table. No, no, it's no, just, just being very white. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, what I'm saying. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, I feel mostly oppressed communities, it's obvious that it will take time for them to at least uh, be on level. And it's sad that it has to be mm-hmm. this way, but it's it's what it is. It's, it's the truth. And that's mm-hmm. how one has to be, you know, on levels with the, yeah. the dominated. Uh, I... No, no, I, I, I think I have more on Arijit's speech, but I also want to say that I, and I don't, I know the uh, conversation slightly deviated towards Denny more so than Sarah, mm-hmm. because I'm not sure how much Sarah is into the whole, you know, because I think he is doing the whole, go- he is doing a very gorgeous, gorgeous rendition of this. Like the whole images are mm-hmm. slightly shinier than natural, like it has an artificial. Yes, yes. Right, right, right. But with, with Denny, I think. And I've, uh, and which is why I kind of value her perspective a lot is because there's mm-hmm. an inherent, like I've never felt after watching her films that, you know, she has in any way, I mean, stars at noon, I can understand though. I, it, mm-hmm. uh, I, that's her weaker effort. I feel in many senses, but like, I'm thinking more white material or Boatrevai also where it's mm-hmm. like, I've never felt the other essentially being um, othered if that makes sense, it feels like... Right, right, right. right. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. My point is, yeah. I mean, it's definitely uh, like more than welcome. That's the ideal way to go that 
someone yeah. belonging to a particular community will come up with their own yeah. story and that's how we see the other side i mean i i said that no i you know like yeah. for like origin what you're saying like uh, for me like i think i would be i would absolutely not probably watch it or be very pissed off because i know it would be it's if uh, like any of this white filmmakers or colonizers mm-hmm. whatever uh, belonging from there like they try to portray the oppressed perspective you know like because people white people have done that or you know like privileged no, people but have done the, that but they i have, have taken that, it but if they don't yeah. attempt at doing it i mean i'm like it depends on the film like how sincere no, they i mean exactly for example like uh, i mean there were controversies like scorsese wasn't doing mm, and, oh yeah and killers yeah. i don't mm. i don't want to take away from that but mm-hmm. my point is scorsese was uh, empathetic and he was sincere mm-hmm. about that which is why mm-hmm. he added that so. whole i'm sorry radio... <laughs> yeah, so but which is why he added that whole radio sequence at the end because mm-hmm. and that's it's and it's that the why naked city i'll tell you why so this is why mm-hmm. i watched this film called naked city a few days ago so mm-hmm. it's about a crime and it's a police procedure when the film ends mm-hmm. it shows that i mean film begins with the news headline making sensational headline about a crime etc and then the mm-hmm. crime is solved at the end of the film mm-hmm. so it shows a killer you know you know just sweeping with his broom all the newspapers and the case or anything and the narrator says that mm-hmm. it's a naked city in story of 8 million it's a city of 8 million stories and this is one of them and it's like a true crime that gets lost which is something i found in killers of the flower moon that that's what it undercuts the the positive ref- whatever resolution i feel also the radio like, thing, I mean, yeah so that what he means is like it's a trauma for just community one perspective almost that, that i am showing yeah, sort of almost like that, that becomes a radio show that becomes a little something entertainment for something like that and i think he came on because of that because he feels very apologetic about it but if that is something which disturbs him as a maker or hmm. as a person i mean he or she is definitely free no, to do it but, i mean uh, he cannot yeah, like no, no. jump at that i i get what you mean arjit but i i so i with i think my actually when i had written whatever i've written about killers of the flower moon and i am in the very mixed category about the film even though i like certain aspects a lot and i have question i actually compared some of this to deni and lucrecia martel because i thought uh what they do is you know uh i think the ending i do really like as you said arijit uh, that i am a fan of the talk show thing coming and you know undercutting a lot of the things right right, but, right. but the things uh, and which is why uh, this is my last denny plug i suppose but <laughs> you have something like uh, uh chocolate in which she takes her perspective right like it's a purely her perspective and through her perspective you see right, right. about 40% of the black person that she's seeing through so it's not like she's telling a complete story of him and then she's seeing exactly, 60% exactly. of her story which is right, like right, you know, right, she's right. doing that and then i mean yeah, i don't yeah. like i i can spoil the film but like there's this whole thing where the camera like the final shot of the film is almost like the camera moves towards the black people He, the black person the story has been centered around in some senses but it can't pass a certain bridge it's almost like The, as the oppressor for her she has you know a limited point of view and access to that oppressed absolutely. absolutely and i think absolutely. acknowledging that gap to me is a big thing because i think i i think i understand that, you know yeah. yeah 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 no go ahead go ahead so i just felt like this thing is applicable to when we are dealing with politics and film i mean be it gender yes. caste class whatever it is 
Yeah. But uh, I mean, if if taking by this example, the thing that you were saying is after mm. a point, it's not accessible and it's limited. That's what mm. I felt with the film Killers of the Flower Moon. Killer, like, mm. The Osage. I mean, I didn't know about them, and that's the closest I'll ever get to know about them. Sure. And many million people like me. And sure. it's practically obviously it's unfortunate that an Osage person couldn't direct it. Yes. But thank God Scorsese did, and and I'm sure you would agree with that. And mm. it's the same thing with Claire Denis because I had very little. idea about uh, this french colonialism in yes in the i think it yeah, was the state what was yes yes no but uh, just, to, just to just to make it very good when i was watching the film with you people were laughing when there was a drunk indigenous person near the fireplace so i don't know how empathetic this film is one and i told yeah, people are laughing but my dear sorry if we take every reaction of the audience back to the maker then i think it's yeah, a bit there is media i was at a, i mean see there are people I, uh, see I there was are at people reading of i was at a screening of anatomy where people laughed at sexual assault like i mean i yeah 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 i i, so I, 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 I really I, don't remember like, we were watching that film uh, that ken loch film and with that boy was you know uh, cycling away speedy and and his pants were a little down and people were uh, laughing at him you know looking at his yeah. half shown butt cheeks so i mean yeah, and yeah. that was a very that was a very intense moment i don't know people could laugh or like i watched a pedro gosta mm-hmm. film where like this uh, brick falls off on the head of a woman it's at like the end a, of the okay. day apple will only fund scorsese to make this film so that's why he got made it it's fine No, I mean that's a different people. I'm not talking about what the film is about. Is in the name "Killers of the Flower Moon." Who are the killers? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, and he shows that. I'm, I'm not talking about, about Apple and all that uh, corporatization. That's a different argument. My point, the whole point is this: because I've seen this a lot of times. I mean, like for example, Pothir Pachali. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. said that Ray is the city boy. He shows it. I mean, there are criticisms of that, and mm-hmm. and to some extent, that's valid as well. But. Uh, mm-hmm. We would hardly get someone from the village at that time, nineteen fifty-five, to make a film. I'll, so, I'll just. Uh, so, straight from uh, the point here. <laughs> I know we've gone very. No, well. I mean we yeah. do with the best yeah. possible way. My point is, we uh-huh. it depends on film to film. Sometimes it's not really good. I mean, like mm. for example, uh, I like in Indian films, I often find that queer characters are played by either men, mostly men, mm-hmm. and queer characters in trans people, trans people play, mm-hmm. played by mostly men, and. and i have a serious problem with it my problem mm. is we have enough trans people or actors mm. because mm. acting is not just going on your physiology or like something that sure. you can you know put makeup and stuff it's mm. a lot of it internalizes so why mm. not use them so i have this kind of but the thing is when we talk about this larger narrative and mm. and this has been done by filmmakers all over the world and even writers yeah. as well mm. so i i think just taking it so abhijit can i can i Can I recommend a film which I mean, yeah. uh, which might actually uh, sort of play as a counter to Killer? Not even a counter, but it has a it has a quote unquote uh, na- uh, Native Indian perspective, if anything. So there's this uh, f- documentary called Lakota Nations versus United States, uh, yeah. which is two hours long, and it is a really tremendously made documentary. So if anyone is like you know interested in and i think it's made by two white filmmakers again but it's i with the with it centers completely on i have no problem with white filmmakers making it yeah. but yeah. the problem is that there needs to be you know a empathy and mm. they need to check their ego why sure. is scorsese in the movie 
it's like a marvel film he's making a cameo no no no, no. and that's then he's what the point was right I'm talking shit he about marvel movie. he should no, but no, no. what but is happening if he was in the movie you have to understand why he was in the movie he said it it was totally obvious that so, he was talking about that whole radio show which we, i mean if true crimes happen every day whether or not it happens on indigenous communities or natives or anything true crimes happen every day and people make podcasts out of it and mm-hmm. and they just become podcasts and they just get stored away i mean so i this is the way i read it it, it might have been scorsese's this way of apologetically looking at it that something as traumatic as this was just reduced to something as edgar hoover's fbi show mm-hmm. and and that's just for a lot of people that's why he tried listening to radio that's yeah. why he came on to do that it's this is this i might be completely wrong i mean i i i i also read it personally as like a self uh, indictment more than a self promotion to be honest but, but i think that's that's yeah, very but he sort of he sort of because he does this in every film he he is always there i mean not always maybe he was in the, the irishman i guess but in most films when he is there his character always makes sense in some sort of the other like even in raging bull and you know or maybe in most notably taxi driver exactly yeah, yeah so but anyway, i think we are talking about courses a lot yeah courses yeah. sort of yeah. like i think comes up and says i mean since like we were talking about that scene he sort of mentioned in multiple interviews that his point of like you know that whole radio show thing and him being there i mean was that oh at the end of the day this became entertainment like mm. this yeah, yeah that's what i'm saying that's what i'm so, saying yeah yeah, yeah. So, that's what like, i'm saying like almost like this and the tulsa massacre uh, you know like uh, that happened against black people like incidents yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. this where they were and i could like, you know that's like, interesting because i could connect to this when i was watching naked city and then at the end when they say is that it's mm. the city of you know 8 billion stories and this has become one of them that's mm. when i was connecting oh definitely because courses he mentions about naked city all the time So I so that, that like, was what I could read about for him it was like yeah that became entertainment and him being there is like oh it's people like people who look like him mm. is who made who sort of committed these crimes and then also made entertainment out of it mm. like it's i mean i read it that way like it was sort of like you know just pointing fingers at like mm. white yeah, people I, or I know like, what you're talking about to him um but, it can be read like that and i think he meant it like that but the point is that by doing it does not mean that you know i think the point yeah. of to find that it became entertainment i think uh, may december made it much better than say, the, the power move it was much but more subtle to different things on the nose that's what not, that's what i'm getting at yeah those are two different films and i mean it's okay any film, film is always fine right that's what i'm talking yeah. about like we mm-hmm. don't have to touch a fun from right? people suffering right i mean we don't have to just make uh, think about a film like how the director said it or anything but anyway, no but my say, point was the killers on... was not anyway it, it was not at all fun like the way i hmm. see but anyway anyway let's but anyway let's show more sorry guys i didn't your... know that pacification <laughs> is going to go into this direction but yes but yeah lakota but nations okay. versus united states for anyone i will watch it i am a big fan of documentaries i will look it up this really is how good. this is this is why i think we are just here because like this i mean <laughs> yeah. we can just endlessly talk about anything there's no time yes. limit there's thing yeah. uh so anyway shobhajit uh, let's come to you and yes. like what's 
the you know what's another film that you loved <laughs> last year that you want to talk about yes a uh, film very close to my heart and i will um go to court if you say you hate it is koreeda's new film monster mm-hmm. um i think it is um such a deep film and um, i'm going to spoil this so guys mm-hmm. if you can't handle spoilers just go away um uh, i can't talk about it without spoiling it mm-hmm. it's at the core of gay story but mm-hmm. i think the film explores humans so well it's something that i haven't really seen before and i think the crux of the movie is that we create our own monsters like everyone has their story everyone is going through shit and just be a little more empathetic and kind especially in this age um we need it um uh the film opens in layers uh first we see um the mother's point of view and then we peel away there's the teacher and then there's the uh children and there is this layer of the principle that we don't completely get at but i think that's also a point of the film that it's keeping some things you know hidden so that you know not everything is spoon fed to you um i think it's a brilliant i think a screenplay well deserved win at can um i can't wait to watch it again and i was watching it again today morning just for this podcast and i think it really stays with you you can watch it multiple times and um, discover new stuff because there are these puzzle pieces that mm. don't make sense when they first emerge and then you kind of put them together and it to call kind of becomes a big picture there's actually a visual motif like that in the film there's a scenery that koreeda kind of uh, moves and so you see the bigger picture as he moves the camera um i am not afraid to admit that i cried buckets when i saw it at kolkata film festival um i i i'm at a loss of words like it's brilliant and i don't know why no one is talking about it maybe everyone is like tired of how brilliant koreeda is maybe that might be possible i i have not seen it so i just wanted to ask how uh, is it co-written i thought it had a co-writing yeah. credit right yeah yes okay. yes it's co-written sure. um i don't know i'm sorry i don't know the writer's name um yeah. but uh, the more koreeda films i watch uh the more i become obsessed with him um yeah. he has a way to depict uh children mm-hmm. that i find very refreshing and very mature like people usually uh, underestimate children but they are intuitive they they understand more than you think they do and it's just um i hated broker um i thought i i think i had high expectations and it didn't really click with me mm-hmm. but uh, monster is a back to form for koreeda actually um i think uh, his uh, tv series on netflix uh, makina i think it's named mm-hmm. that is just brilliant nothing tragic happens but mm-hmm. i was crying i don't know why <laughs> he just makes me cry so much and i hate him but i love him you guys please yeah, writer yuji sakamoto i think sakamoto thank you thank you yeah 
yeah yeah and i mean somebody uh, so like this film this film critic uh, i think everybody sort of knows him i think rahul desai so mm. i had sort of met him after some screening at mumbai film festival and he had just come from watching like monster somewhere else and we were just talking and he was like oh i just saw monster and you know i was like how was it and his thing was it's it's like close but in like korida style I was, I was not like, going to bring up close but now uhin has mentioned it close is shit sorry sorry european fans but uh, i think monster kind of does what close could never come close to doing um close sorry for the puns um close close works close is emotional but it kind of wallows in emotion um i think monster is just so good every single character is so multidimensional and i was watching it and it's just wonderful really wonderful so yeah i mean like i sort of i sort of really, really like close so i was like okay you have me sold mm-hmm. like if i knew nothing about the movie i would still go and watch it and i think i'm going to probably cry and uh, yeah i i sort of sort of really teared up i don't really cry cry at the movies or ever i guess mm. i'm sort of emotionally stunted but <laughs> but yeah no, i sort of crying in really, public is hard man crying yeah i sort of it's a lot so yeah i sort of really like, teared up and it was it was so warm i mean like that's the thing about korida movies like he does it again and again and i don't know how and at some point you feel like okay is this person really like emotionally manipulating me because <laughs> like any any korida movie i've seen i have like felt some version of like intense uh like it's it's sort of like sad on some level it's very heartwarming on some level so it's sort of like a mixture of even broker Some, like broker some broker one scene like i'm broker. i'm not the biggest broker fan also but like i had yeah. one scene which i was which i did almost like tear up i think it's the fairest wheel if i'm not wrong right right exactly yeah that scene was also something that yeah like i, I like i mean he I, always I really does like, I mean, that, a, yeah yeah he always yeah, does I mean, have broker, the ability to make you cry i think right. so, which I mean, is not a bad broker, thing even broker was on some level a little emotional like you could see he was sort of in a different environment different country so that sort mm. of was yeah. really in the work uh, anyway but other than that uh, yeah i mean i think monster i think as we watch has a ability to get into your heart like the very good at the details yeah and i mean i'll sort of like rewatch monster again because this time i really want to appreciate uh, like ruichi sakamoto's music mm. which is pretty mm. pretty great as is like the score uh, rest in power ruichi sakamoto like yes. uh, that's his last uh score for a film but yeah like i mean uh but i yeah i'm doing a rewatch of monster because of like yeah i just i've been feeling like rewatching it and now that this is brought up here yeah i think that's the push that i needed to someone told again. me as the film progresses it hmm. becomes more green and i think they're right because you are kind of finding your way into the heart of the children and it's it's a very well constructed film like you you watch it once it's not enough you have to watch it multiple times to get all of it why it's working you know the internal mechanisms right and i think like the part you said about kids was so important because see you can't 
quite literally have like a kid writing a screenplay so i think it's yeah. on an adult to portray the kid as best as possible and i think not everybody does that and kohida yeah. is consistently so good at it like he almost reminds me of like the iranian directors uh, who mm. are like historically so good with like shooting kids like yeah. every iranian director popular mm. <laughs> iranian director that i've seen is uh, very good with kids probably more mm. than adults so mm. he sort of reminds me of korea sort of yeah does that and uh, like as the sort of story unravels you sort of really see how like there's some commentary on uh, masculinity this uh, on yeah. how it's perceived uh, in kids there's also this uh, again a commentary on uh, like gender divide so korida sort of says that you know like i i sort of didn't intend on like you know representing genders or you know sort of making make it or give any sort of you know like queer hints in the movie but if people interpreted it that that way and that sort of helps in more acceptance of lgbtqia people then i'm all for it like you know i think the bullying in the film is very close to real like because i face that kind of a bullying and when someone is bullying you na everyone kind of uh, piles on and i thought oh, yeah, yeah. It, was so, it was so real i i really yeah. felt like a child again it was wonderful ugh yep so good how does it compare like i'm sorry i'm just asking i mean there's a i i think korida is actually he's made a name for the sort of you know almost family unit dramas and yes. ch- children dramas in some senses but still walking I, shoplifting yeah 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 but he's also made actually of some really deviations into like I saw this crime drama he made like the third murder i think yes, it's called yes so yeah yes, he's like he so is this more and i i don't actually mind that film i saw it in whenever it had released and it was like interesting to see him like dive into those and maburosi i think is quite different to his recent films if anything uh his debut yeah i think i I mean I think he's made he's made if I'm not wrong he's made some sort of like rotoscope movie also Oh okay like, same Ed all is uh, also supposed to be something very funkier or whatever different to what he's made I've not seen Ed all uh, I think that's his Yeah whatever like he's made a bunch of stuff so like I'm curious to see uh, if he's going to do that again soon like you know deviate from uh that and i'm guessing there is a narrative experimentation here in any case right you guys said experimentation or whatever a difference in the way narrative moves here to sort of but uh, are you are you a real korida fan if you haven't seen that truth <laughs> that stuff i have seen the truth <laughs> ethan hawk ethan hawk's not Julian good in it but I, yeah and, i like catherine deneuve though she's good <laughs> i think Kor- No, but I think uh, that's not Korida's fault. That's like uh, that's like uh, I think most filmmakers when they move out of mm. the place yeah. they have been more more in touch with, and not just Korida. I think it's with Kiarostomi or like even uh, Farhadi. With 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 everybody Farhadi. knows. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Kiarostomi, uh, I, I, I remember because he made this uh, Japanese film, and then there was uh, nah, a French film. Nah. which i mean they're good films but nothing in compared to what kirastomi was yeah. doing when he was making it and i think the copy is not certified copy is not 
it's not bad. I mean, it's pretty yeah, it's okay, but I'm saying it's it's nowhere in the league of a taste of cherry or a close yes. up right, or something. Right, right, right. right. But, I mean, those are, again, but like those are very different films. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Right, yeah. and I think I think this happens with uh, I, I think with Kurosawa also. I think he made I think one Hollywood film. So it it, it keeps happening with the, this filmmaker side. Only the German but, expressionists uh, know how to transition then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was amazing. That was amazing. I mean, a lot of like Czech people also, like, I mean, like mm. Milos Ford. Right, right. I mean, Foreman did a thing. lot of. Mention is very interesting because Fritz Lang, he literally set the tone for yeah. how you're going to send the New York. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. made it like, what, a decade ago, I think, M. M. But 1931. That's like almost five, six, even like a decade ago from the New York thing. And yeah. not just New York. Like you go back to all the Fincher and the Bong Joon yeah. and, and and any crime film you go, it's the standard yeah. fare. You know, Fritz Lang literally tells you how to build that, and yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But I, mean, I think I think one film, to... one huh. one filmmaker who's done the transition very well is probably Wim Wenders. Like, uh, yeah. I just yeah. I yeah, yeah. I just like right. like he yeah, he's making yeah. German movies, then he goes to like US and Japan makes Paris, and... Texas, and, and then he comes like, back to Japan and does this, right? Then he goes right, to right. Japan but... and makes perfect days. Yeah, like, but... I was blown but... away by perfect days. I I was telling Orijit I have to watch his filmography because who is this? Uh... And he's so amazing, so good. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. Coming mean... back to the monster thing, wait. I just wanted to say one thing. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, I actually appreciate the writing of it very much, and I feel it's deserved yeah. the best screenplay. Because first I had watched Anatomy of the Fall, and I was like, why they didn't give it to it? And I realized that they give on LinkedIn one award for film, and then I was like, okay, this got it. And how how can like a Korea film? Because Japanese usually don't write in terms of structure how American films. You know, and and they're like more universally accepted. Even in film schools, we get like uh, the the standard, you know, three act, and you have this inside mm-hmm. incident and all that stuff. And the the thing that I'm asking, like setups will have payoffs and all that. But he Korita really manages to do that. And by the time the film is reaching half, I was like, what is he aiming for? Where, where is this film going? I mean, I don't I don't know. And why is it named Monster anyway? And then mm-hmm. from there, he just turns like one eighty, and yeah. and 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 I think perspective uh, we we talk about it and i think this is a very important film in terms of that you know it shows it from two different perspectives and and you see actually two different film in that way and and that's i think the last discussion was regarding what we were talking about how it's about one and the other and about i think with kids it's more difficult to show the other side and the kids have done i mean brilliant performance i mean uh, and and Actually, close came to my mind, but I think that's where close fell short. Close's writing wasn't that effective. I mean, during the final moments, which mm. Monster does so well, and and there's a very funny thing that happened, which I want to add here. It's like mm-hmm. we were watching it at Kif, and there's some old guy who comes at you. You know how Bengalis, you know, they're still obsessed over Ray and all. So they said like this kid's running over, and there was a train, and this guy is saying, "Hey, look, that's that's Korida giving a tribute to Potter Pachali." And there's two kids running over near the train. Uh, that was very funny, actually. But yeah. uh, but other than that, I feel it's very well written. Very well written, very well performed. Something within Korida's own uh, forte. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'm reading this book about Ozu by Donald Ritchie. Mm-hmm. And there he mentions how Ozu used to work with kids. And he was very good about that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the dynamics that kids share, how much you let them do their stuff. Because I think we mentioned that, that you can't really have kids write it, but 
you let them do their stuff. And I think Corida draws a lot because a lot of films, I think most films of Corida, they have a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe be still walking or like father, like son. And, and mm-hmm. that I think he really draws from Ozu other than the whole family thing. And yeah. really, really commendable work. Yeah, yeah. I love that film. I wish I could watch it in theaters again, but yeah. sadly, no. No, it's out I in theaters. It's in South City playing. Uh, I'm. No, so... no, that's 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 part of. Some yeah, but that's all sold out. Films. But that's, that's all sold out. Some... I didn't check the tickets. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, part yeah. of some. That's part of some Japan film fest that happens in like four or five yeah, cities. Yeah, it was yeah. even in Bangalore also, and it got sold out in an instant. But yeah, Monster yeah, it's just full house. Monster, Monster is gonna release theatrically in India at some point. Please, from please. what I know. Yeah, yeah like yeah. this. This is what I know. No, I'm really glad that people are uh, watching it, you know, uh, like commercially yeah. people are watching this film and it's full house and on a weekend and I'm really glad that this is happening because we need more films like uh, this. Uh, yeah, yeah, really yeah I don't know film. when you will release, but I mean, if this is anything, any signal, then they should release it at some point. Is it uh, Japan entry but... into Oscars? Yeah, I think so. Or no, no, perfect. Japanese is... production. Sorry, perfect days is perfect. No, days perfect days is, is the entry. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So. Oh, they didn't even yeah, okay. Like, so it's not qualified for the Oscar. I mean, they've not qualified as in like didn't send it. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, even France didn't send Anatomy of a Fall. So. What did they yeah, send? Yeah, and the director was pissed. France, to him. France sent, oh. France sent the, the taste of things. Oh, is that? I like good? that. I've not seen that. I've seen, I've yeah, seen that's, it. I like that's, it. Oh, oh God, it feels like a painting. It feels like a. I, mean, I really like the direction. Like, yeah, I loved uh, Tran and yeah. direction. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like the movie goes, the movie sort of story wise, it's sort of emotional. and Yeah, like, story wise, it's like noble, like a melodrama only, but he like, like yeah, the way he shoots it, it, food it, it, and like cooking is really, really good. Oh, and, God. I want to so eat with my eyes. Yes. I, I, wanna, I, wanna so, I was so hungry by the end of that movie. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Like it is. But yeah, Good. but the Good. story was pretty bad. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, coming to my film, mm-hmm. uh, another film that I loved uh, was uh, Past Lives by Celine Song. Uh, it's it's truly one of my favorite films of the year. And it, the I mean, I saw it once in the theaters and it sort of just like churned my heart so much. Uh, so the film is basically about uh, this uh, Korean uh, Korean woman who sort of immigrates from Korea to the US and her childhood sort of sweetheart comes down from Korea to New York uh, when like after like some 15-20 years or something by that point she's married and you know like she has her own thing and she's sort of uh, put to uh, just think about her past again, think about uh, her time living in Korea and the film sort of opens with this scene where the woman, she sort of is sitting in the middle of her husband and her childhood. So yeah, uh, the film sort of opens with uh, this scene where uh the main character uh, whose name is Nora. So she sort of is in a bar with this childhood sweetheart and her husband. And she's sort of translating between Korean and English between them. 
And that's an incident that sort of really happened with Celine Song. So that part of it is autobiographical. And then she sort of just built on the story. So she's actually like a playwright. And so like this is her first sort of screenplay and also like first film that she directs. And yeah, then she builds on that with her like personal experience and everything. And uh, what's really struck me in this film and what I like for what really moved me was how uh, the main character, how Nora is not just uh, looking at Korea or, you know, like her past in that way. She's also sort of translating at that point between two different versions of herself, like two different uh, people, you could say, you know, like they are her, but they are two different people and they have no sort of semblance with each other. And she's sort of going back and forth between being those two people because like her childhood sweetheart doesn't know her as she is now and her husband didn't know her as she was then. And so it's this sort of really heartwarming story on one part, but it's also very emotional. I ended up crying a few times in the theater. And then later on also, when I whenever I see like a past lives quote somewhere, uh, on the internet, I just sort of like sit down and I have to like, you know, take a deep breath and like just like, prevent myself from crying in public. So yeah, I mean, have any has any of you seen that? Yeah, uh, I watched it. Um... Sorry, you go first. I was say I, I was about to say I'm going to break a heart here. Then, uh, but yeah, sorry, you go go first. I'm, yeah, I'm, I I watched. Oh, oh God, Drew, yeah, Drew why do you hate past lives? I, I will. I'll, I'll save. I think later. I think it's better. So, Ajit, you can go first. Yeah. I'm sorry for yeah. hogging the timeline, guys. Um, no, no, no. Please go. Uh, I watched it. I'm so glad it got a wide release. I watched it at the cinemas, and uh, like Tuhin was saying, that first scene, um, I missed it, mm-hmm. and then I watched the whole film, and I was like. It's good, but it's a little uh, bare bones, like basic. I'm like, okay. So I gave it another shot Mm -hmm. and I watched it the whole thing this time. And I'm so glad I did because I cried to him. It is very, there's something about this film that's just speaks to the heart. It's just so simple yet so profound, right? Um, That first scene is amazing. Um, Yeah. Looking I, in this relationship, you know, someone from outside and we are that person, basically. Yeah. The way the film kind of peels off these layers and layers and suddenly this concept of Indian that uh, the main character mentions. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I felt was like a little, I don't know, it's sort of like giving the film like a catchphrase thing, like people will just do whole Indian everywhere. Uh, yeah, it can be a very orientalist thing. Like, people can hold on to it. But to him, I meet a lot of people uh, because of my work. And also, I like to meet people. It's very inspiring. And I feel, even when I was watching Suzume, there was... Suzume? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, Suzume. Right? Yeah, there is so something, there these is people like change that. you. These people and these connections are like, even though... It's you feel like it's very incidental. It's not, Ray. I think there is something very strong about this. Um, okay, now we are going into like um, determinism. Just, 
determinism zone which you can't describe it in words i i think it's it's just there's something very spiritual about you know meeting this person and having this connection i'm not saying romantic or you know it can be anything there is this yeah, like, you know, and connection that person changes you and you change them and, and and i think the what past lives really showed that can be extrapolated to like friendships also right it yes. doesn't just have to be no romantic and yes. you sort of really like meet somebody at a certain point of time it's great but like maybe decades down the line they are not in your life and they were only supposed to be at that point of time in your life and that's how it makes sense looking back and uh i think yeah like that's that's again something that i think past lives does so well uh and the director sort of says i was watching one of these round table things i've been obsessed with the round tables and like interview award season sort mm-hmm. of interviews this year because they have been so good because like every single one has such like great people in them this year talking about like movies that i love so much but anyway like celine song mentions in one interview that she's probably the filmmaker who has heard the most amount of stories about childhood sweethearts because whoever oh. sees her and knows her as the you know director of past life they talk about their childhood sweethearts and like how watching her movies sort of reminded them of those people and uh yeah i mean i i, I can see how like the film might affect some people that's so sweet that's yeah that, well, that i found that sweet as well yeah I have to admit that first scene that acts as a what is the term uh, it works wonderfully for repeat viewings because yeah and and right? like on some part I sort of feel that the character in that scene looks at you right because that's yes. sort of like a fourth wall yes. break sort of it's thing like going on I see of, you it's it's yeah male gaze it's the female gaze it's like you are extrapolating me but i see through you as well you know what i mean you no know, like it you know it's sort of like what i saw it i didn't see it as like the male female gaze or like that but it was sort of like i can sort of at the main character i can sort of feel that you know you are wondering what's going mm. on here like yes, why yes. am i sitting in between those two people and what's exactly happening here and well it's like This is That's what, what I'm happened. saying by saying that I see you. You know what I mean. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, these guys are wondering about this relationship, and she like gives them a this look of um, disobedience. This uh, you know, you can guess, but you will never guess right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now on to Dhruv. Dhruv, be careful in what you say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say one thing before Dhruv enters because I haven't watched the film, but from whatever you described. it uh, sounded like that indian film three of us yeah exactly like exactly okay so i did not like so, that i'm like totally so yeah so this sounds like something i really it is also like 96 i, I don't know i don't if you don't is. i don't know oh, 96 is, but 96 is a very different thing you know but 96 and three of us is like i mean treatment wise they're far no, apart and i 96, thought so three of us is again something I three of us again something I really loved. Like I saw it in the theaters and I was like, yeah, that's like the most was... artificial film I have <laughs> seen last year. Like everything yeah, was I... like made up to you know balance. Take it. a shot. Anyway, take a shot. Matter. Like watch it and make up your own mind. It's like you. That's why I hate. No, I usually rankings. No, no film is the same. Like 
you can yeah no 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 it's not the same no no i I sort of actually agree that there are sort of similarities, a lot of a fair amount of yeah, similarities. Yeah, it reminded me. It's not the same. I know it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, I know it's not the same. Yeah, it just reminded me somehow when he was uh, describing. Yeah, the, but you know, like I, I sort of think like then you shouldn't. Like you are right. If you didn't like three of yeah, us, yeah, because I no, think I think I, I think I've got it. I think I think I've got it because I I think because what you are mentioning is the director here. It's almost autobiographical. Yes. Three of us. Uh, doesn't it's it's not like that it's not avinash arun's and you know like it can be chance of yeah. becoming that but it's not anyway let's not talk about the film that we don't like no but let's talk about it <laughs> i also <laughs> no but i also sort of like for me that that parallel was great when i did see three of us later and i also feel mm-hmm. like that was also something that felt like really personal on some level and yeah, yeah also, a lot of people liked it a lot of people liked it and there was a lot of i, I usually go to films like blind i don't read because it starts create some sort of bias in my mind so i was just watching it and i was halfway through i was like very bored i was like why am i watching this film so i didn't want to watch it and it's it's fine not everyone will like yeah. every film and all that but yeah there's also yeah, the indian ka the other thing is the udgam thing na in Something I just want to say one thing and then 
um i think the film grows on you so i would uh, request dhruv to give it another chance uh, after after a few years because uh, there is this quote from the mother that she says in order to uh, find something or get something you have to lose something and i did not understand what she was talking about but it makes a whole lot of sense there's a lot of philosophy here a lot of maturity and um with, i don't know with with dhruv stops lo- loving pacification then you will <laughs> yes that is very possible no but i, I so i'll i'll caveat this so i will somita i'm anyways going to watch it a second time because i i think Thank past lives is one of the like i'm going to watch it pre award season so anyways Please. uh like once before the oscars happen any case because i'm like i honestly this is the one film i just don't get the praise for Okay so I am I am on that page where I'm like I actually fundamentally don't understand the praise for it because I'm so like you know not in love with it that I think everything that people love about it I'm just like but all of this has already been done better in other films for me at least or also I just don't get this longing I don't get the feeling of longing test I think there's too little time given to these people in korea uh, in the beginning i think we needed at least 10 minutes more or 15 minutes more of the, who these people are and i think i had the biggest problem in connecting you know this this longing for something that has been lost and i think the way the movie is structured actually i had a bit of an issue i think the film sort of uh, moves in a way where you elide like one relation both the relationships are sort of skimmed over in one sense and and one of the uh, and these are the sort of fundamental issues i had because i think if i did connect with them i would have definitely not felt this alienated from the film i also didn't like this this skype conversations i thought were really not well directed honestly like i honestly thought that they were too montage yeah that for me but don't you think that's a raw that for me sort it? of like uh, that that for me was sort of like the weakest point of the film as like, well like i wanted I more of that just because No, I just wanted to stick a little. Like you can do, uh, you know, slightly. I, I don't mind boredom, considering I like fast fiction. So, uh, you know, you can stick with the characters talking more, and I'd be happy to, you know, learn. I just thought that I, the one person I did think uh, added something to the film was Arthur. Like I thought he was the most interesting character because I thought yeah. he was stuck between these two people in some senses, and you know, uh, like whatever guilt he's feeling. I thought he sort of almost. made me most interested in the film but i honestly like the very like the very fundamental fact is that i didn't connect with these two characters and their longings and if i don't connect with that that is like a significant portion of yeah. what you are you know when the whole indian thing came i was like i am sorry but this is too like you know romantic but, like poetic and romantic for my like i just yeah. compute it in my head and i'm like, someone who likes all this uh romance <laughs> to be very honest i am actually the target audience yeah i am actually surprised too that uh, you don't like this film i thought this i am the target opinion. audience I'm, for this honestly, and when they, when no, they yeah, referenced internal uh, sunshine of... i was like i'm sorry you can't mention internal sunshine and then i am to i'm seeing this in yes, which i feel i, I agree on that <laughs> that's the whole I, i'm like you can't reference such a good movie for me and then i am watching this movie and i'm not feeling a single thing and i'm just like I don't get it. Like I just don't get it. So I do. I don't want to say that it's a bad, bad movie. I'm just saying that I just don't get. I don't even know how the aesthetics yeah, like work. Worth, a, 
Yeah. Yeah, like I don't know too, but like you, I, I know there's one particular scene in the states where the camera like you know has this wide shot and these two people are there uh they looked very tiny in front of the whole you know american whatever thing is there i think this is before they go to the statue of liberty which i think is k- kind of a really poor the whole immigration thing i think is done not that well uh or like the dream of immigration and all that but anyways that my point was that some of the aesthetics i thought suggested more alienation overall like not with like with everyone so i actually thought the film would make a very good film just about alienation of these three people i was like these three people probably need to see someone uh like a psychologist and then you know, sort <laughs> out their issues with uh, with each other because i'm like i didn't feel a connection with any of them so i was like this is about like i was like is this is this about like just people being disconnected from each other because that's what the aesthetic gave me the feel of a lot of times because it's very like stayed and very you know uh it's like it's at a distance you see whatever frames within frames and everything like mean, it's a in the mood for love of course a lot of people have compared it to but i again mm-hmm. there's no swoon there's no swooning sort of romance for me in this so i i was left cold but i am happy to give it another chance um, no, but i think dhruv uh dhruv i think uh what i heard from tuhin and shomali what they were saying i think uh this is a very personal film i guess i'm not sure Yeah. and uh, i think she's i think of uh, like new filmmaker in the first work or second yeah, work maybe yeah uh, yeah so i think I she's think, a stage uh, director also if i'm not wrong if i right, maybe she's right. written so for stage usually you see yeah, so the main see. character casting people so you can see that biographical mm-hmm. uh, yes. detail yeah, so i feel ki uh, usually in these things what happens is filmmakers if they're telling their uh, personal stories or like when we are told when we are writing that uh, write what you know and yeah. obviously you pick up the things as more personal to you and if it comes in one of your earliest works sometimes yeah. that becomes so interpersonal that uh, it's difficult for people no, who are not uh, that uh, in the zone as so, you know the arijit the weird thing though about yeah. this is as as tohin was mentioning a lot of people have come to her and said mm-hmm. how much this reminds them of their childhood uh, sweethearts mm-hmm. and stories and i was like yeah i so actually I got them then Really no, connected. I, I mean, they connected with that chord. I think I actually got the impression, though, because again, I'm saying this, and I don't want to like dismiss the film entirely, but I'm just saying that I because I didn't mm-hmm. connect with him. I actually thought this was fairly impersonal in some ways because it allowed so many people to project their things onto these characters. I was like, no, if it's no, pers- no. no? Mm. okay, fair enough. So that's no, that's the feeling is, I got. I'll tell you. I'll tell you oh. what it is. So the it's a paradox. The more personal you make a film, like not personal, like more um, specific is universal, right? Sort of like that. Yeah, specificity yeah. makes it more universal. Yeah. yeah. So Which I, 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 I don't know. I don't. I get. I, I get still it. Relate to these characters. Um, I would uh, suggest that. Uh, concentrate on the acting. I think if you Maybe, can't, yeah, to no, these some people are more acting. So I've when been... they are entering the states from Canada, remember that scene. Um, yes, yes. The, yeah. Image, so yes, yes. Hmm. Look, concentrate on the woman's face okay. and how she is directing to her husband. There hmm. are a lot of nuances here. you have to be um in uh, sync with these characters if you are not buying into their acting i think there will be a disconnect i think that's what's happening 
Huh, I mean, I mean, yeah. So I, I see. I've been reading. I read a fair bit after the film, right? Because I was pretty yeah. baffled at that point yeah. in time. So I was like looking for people's thoughts and views and whatever. And I did read some of them, but I was like, okay, maybe I need to, you know. I mean, I will give it another chance, but I was like, maybe I didn't sort of, you know. No, I watch think uh, Drew. I think that reconnecting. Uh, I mean, whatever they were describing from, I, I got like the reconnecting mm-hmm. factor. I think that worked for like whatever like who whoever it was who walked up to her or whoever whoever connected it i think yes. they they connected with that angle you know reconnecting with your past lives literally i think they're mentioning yeah. which is mm-hmm. i think i got the gist of it from three of us because that was but i don't, i haven't watched this film but uh yeah with three of us that i felt key, it was very artificial in doing that but here it might have mm-hmm. i think people who missed it might have missed it from that angle that it's not it's not our story in that sense because and the trajectory that the director had maybe yeah. some audiences or people no 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 a lot of people it. have connected no, but I'm, I'm also right. happy to give it another try just in general because sure once you can it's happened with me once with good time uh, the what's the Benny Safdi and that film I, I was like too tired right. okay. I was too tired yes. I almost yes. slept in the it film yes. and then I went back and yeah. like loved it so I was like whatever yes. but uh, no, honestly thing, I'm surprised that uh, you didn't like this film because I, I am also surprised you... <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no but uh, the only thing I'd say is please no more puddle shots of New York City <laughs> uh, there were too many of them. There were six or seven. I counted this, so no, okay. no more yes, puddle shots. Yeah. <laughs> puddles are beautiful in New York, I guess. I mean, ah, no, 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 they are not beautiful at all. Huh? <laughs> they are not. I can attest to this. Puddle shots because in you know, the other sunset uh, magic hour in Eternals. Uh, yes. So it's, oh, stop. Oh, yeah, yes, stop. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, no so many sunshine. Oh. Sorry, Duhin, if that was hurtful, but uh, I am. I thought I was fairly respectful. No, no. I, no, I, I, I really like the fact that we are going on apologizing to each other for not liking or disliking sure. each other's movie. That's yeah. like really a. <laughs> that's like that's fun, but. Uh, and I said, I, like, I first time I watched it, I hated it. No, not hated it. I, I didn't get the hype, but the yeah. second time it kind of came around because yeah. I remember the second time watching it. I kind of teared up at the first scene itself because mm. like I was telling Tuhin, it's a beautiful beginning to the ending. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's a, yeah, yeah. Because you can end the film and then start watching it again. Yep. And I think it makes sense. Sure. Uh, it, it's, I think um, the film is uh, looks very simple, mm. but it's not as simple as uh, you might think. There is a lot yep. happening in acting below acting um because no, I, can, I can totally understand that i'm and there were a couple of reviews in letterboxd which did illuminate some elements which i totally missed so uh i will concede to i mean i, will I remember it. like the woman talking to her husband hmm. and she is kind of trying to hide some elements yeah. I mean, they have a very good scene at the. They, I really like that one scene when they are both in bed and talking to each other about their connection. I think you have a great point. The husband, the actor who plays the ha- husband, John he's Magaro. amazing. He was often yeah, showing yeah. up, which is yeah. one of my favorite films from last year. But let's not. You should that. have said that. No, no, no. I, I. It's one of my favorites. So, yeah. Right, showing yeah, up, yeah, amazing. Yeah, Show yeah. me art creation all day. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, yeah. But uh, yes, so, I have, Arijit, yeah. what's what's your favorite then? All right, that was pretty intense. So <laughs> yeah, my favorite film is uh, from last year. One of my favorite films. It's an Indian film. Its yeah. uh, name is Nanpakal 
Neratu Mayakkam in Malayali. In English, it's an afternoon dream. And if someone would ask me to describe the film in one line, I would say the film is exactly how an afternoon dream is. You know, and um, I mean, initially, it's a very dense film. It's packed with a lot of things. It's packed with themes of spirituality, with idea of linguistics and, you know, family and all that stuff. But uh, the first time I watched it, I was actually feeling uh, that, you know, that deep afternoon slumber. And I was like, just just give me a second, guys, just one second. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, and it actually took me back to my childhood when it's like, you know, in subcontinent, there's this concept of sleeping in the afternoon. It's it's like, you know, people would have the lunch in rice, especially uh, the places where people eat rice in the lunch and they, they'll have this small afternoon sleep. And, and it took me back to my school days and, you know, when we came back and you do your homework and then you really don't have anything else to do. And, you know, your grandmother, mother, they're all sleeping. And and you just roam around the house doing your stuff, whatever I wanted to do. And sometimes when I would look at them, it would really feel like that that afternoon sleep feels like a death. Sort of, mm. it's like that that deep that goes into that slumber. And and this film actually connects with the idea of resurrection in a way that it talks about when this character, this Malayali group. They have they have been to Tamil Nadu for a pilgrimage and there's this protagonist played by Mamuti, an exceptional performance, if I may say. And they, they're coming, you know, they have they, they had their pilgrimage, everything, they've had their lunch, and they're sleeping on the bus, and they're passing through this village, and Mamuti certainly says, like, you know, stop the bus. And he walks into this village and he walks into this one specific house and he starts acting as if, you know, he's the head of that house, that family. He's the missing son, father husband, whatever it is, he's that person. And he starts speaking fluent Tamil. He starts acting, oh, what do you need for groceries? Oh, hey, he looks into the people of neighborhood, starts talking to them, uh, starts having fun. And and his family, the Malayali family, his original family, they, you know, come and search him. And his Tamil family, they say that, you know, uh, this guy, Sundaram, he went missing today, exactly on this day, two years ago. And your son, whatever way he is behaving, it feels like Sundaram is back. In, mm-hmm. in one way and that really juggled between this this whole connection of you know you know when you are like dying and you have this concept mm-hmm. of rebirth you are mm-hmm. reborn and in terms of uh, how Lijo usually uh, Amar, uh, does in his films he... your audio yeah. cut off huh, in the middle so you can just repeat little bit okay. it cut off so, yeah yeah so in general, what Lijo does is he's very good at it. It's what we call is structured chaos, organized chaos. He does this, mm-hmm. and he's done this in this film as well. But thematically, he moved very much from a Jallikattu or from a Churuli, mm-hmm. and and he constructed this film into this whole village, where mm-hmm. every lane, every every spot, it has a different soundscape. It looks mm-hmm. very different because people are either listening to this old uh, Tamil songs in radio or they're watching. Mm-hmm some old MGR film on the television. And mm. in fact, the fun thing is, which I could not get those references, but uh, there was like, they were watching some Mamuti films as well. Mm. And they were like, uh, Mamuti's some, I think they were classic quotes or something like that. And that, this Mamuti character was referencing in the film. So it's a very quirky film, but it's a, also a very 
profound film in the way that I I really got into that whole uh, idea of you know how you when you're sleeping really into a different consciousness, a different plane, and you mm-hmm. might really wake up as a very different person in the evening as opposed to how you were in that day. And I feel it's very unique in the sense that this afternoon sleep concept is only valid in the subcontinent. I I don't know if it happens in other places. But yeah, that's why that's why I really loved that film. I, I really and Mamuti was exceptional. I think he is mm. he was just twitching small muscles in his face, and you know the whole expression was changing. Mm. And and to juggle between this character that when he is encountered with this Malayali people, they're saying, you know, come home. This is not your place. And he's asking, do I not belong here? And that mm. really gives this. Even though you have snuggled into some other identity, yeah, you still feel out of place. You still feel isolated. You're neither here nor there, mm. and and that really it was fantastic. It was I, I, it's one of my favorite Indian films I think from all time. I, I cannot comprehend that how someone could make a film like that. And actually, interestingly enough, I had watched it in the afternoon, and mm. initially, although I was feeling sleepy, but then yeah, that's it. Just takes you by surprise. Yeah, I I think it's something I've never I never thought that I'll see a Indian film and think. That it resembles a Peter Pong versus the cool films at times. Like I, I thought yeah, of Memoria yeah, yeah, while exactly. watching yeah. Nanpakal Nerathumayakam. I was like, why am I thinking of Memoria while watching this? Uh, you know, like uh, I, I mean, what Arijit Singh is actually pretty, like absolutely correct. I mean, I watched it in the afternoon, and I wasn't quote unquote warned that the pacing of the film is as it is, which is it is very it's languid. I think in a in a in a sort of uh, way which it, which allows the film to you know slip into the sleep subconscious and then sort of you know emo- correct, yeah exactly correct, right. like it is intentionally doing it so uh, and uh, i also watched in the afternoon in a cinema alone essentially i was the only person in the cinema uh, oh, wow, so that's <laughs> i i i i dozed off a little bit but then i sort of you know w- woke up and then i again after that i've rewatched it when it came out online and it's still so you I know I, with we, this film, yeah. I think actually mm. the sleeping thing. Sorry, I just interrupted. I think with mm. this film, I think that the nap that you took, that you the, the dozed off, I think that yeah. totally works because yeah. since you mentioned the apichatmo thing, I think in, mm. in some way or other, Lijo wants us to be that relaxed and be into yeah. that zone. I think I yeah. that that really works. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I think the sound, as you said, and you will know more about this also. Like the soundscape in general is so rich in this film. Like, uh, and again, I like I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it like uh, so. I'll say it again. Sorry, I've seen it twice uh, now. But like, I still think there's so much I like you know don't know because there's so much things specific to you know right, right, and right, Malayali right. context and how you know everything. Exactly, exactly. And in general, I think what you're saying about the sleep. and you know the consciousness and how you go from one uh, state to another it's also actually going literally from one state to another right so it's yeah, also yeah, to do yeah. with physical barriers and sort of you know your it's almost like it's boundary crossing border crossing whatever you know call it and this whole <laughs> idea of belonging actually in reality in spirit like spiritually i think because he has a rebirth mm-hmm. i think the film is all a lot about him actually being so being be, actually belonging to both but then two factions sort of you know trying to separate him almost to belong to both uh 
identity scenarios whatever you want to say so i like i find that idea like yeah. insanely fascinating and just the way and, the film facilitates uh, it so yeah what do you what do you think about the ending do you think he got back to his old malayalam identity because that's a, that's an ambiguity that everyone was talking about a lot after the film which uh, i think it didn't go sure i mean i would i would want to watch it again honestly to give you a con- concreter answer in the, on that respect but i i thought the ruptures in the film that sort of you know changed the identity which is uh, the first rupture is mm-hmm. basically when the bus stops and he stops, exits right. the bus and then there are like these five six shots like really long shots of the village and he's just walking and walking and he's walking, walking in. right right yeah and then exactly, you just keep yeah. on seeing him going and then you sort of he enters the house and then autom- like it's almost like he's always done that like he automatically takes up the routine of this person who he's become and then there's this rupture which is the one of the very few actually close up close up shots of mamuti uh which is the poster of the film also which is basically him looking into the mirror and you get mirror, like this whole right, uh right. like you get a jolt almost it's almost like he's he has Absolutely. woken Absolutely. up at that point in time so like i thought that he did wake up but again what does it even mean to you know it has that whole idea of yeah. identity being fluid enough in one sense and just that slumber allowing things to move in such a uh, beautifully uh, i like it's the half asleep half waking right and right it's yeah, just... i think you mentioned i think i think that spirituality i th- i really uh, it reminds me of also actually a tropical melody and mm. symmetry of splendor in mm. some ways uh, yeah memory but i was more reminded of mm. those films in mm-hmm. our bishatpong deals with the whole sleep thing yeah. and and uh, yeah and and then his whole idea of uh when he he had said joke in interview that i sleep at my own movies so it's okay if you are sleeping you know come to us yes, and yes. i think Mm-hmm. that way i think he uh intends to make sleep uh, sleeping in the movies a very cathartic uh, yeah. thing, i think i, I no I no think absolutely I, and, I, and no no and, and no no i no i was reading something on tropic i because i rewatched a lot of his filmography recently and rewatched and watched a lot of apichat pong's filmography and i was reading something about the sound actually and how much the soundscape in tropical melody is intentionally one that yeah, will yeah. make you sleep and i was like that's, like that's i mean memory as well like that's with memory as well of course uh no but i think uh, one of the other thing one of the other things i was i did notice on the second watch at least with uh, nanpakal was just this uh, it's almost like the way he shoots and it's one of the most uniquely shot indian like again it's like, you can like say yeah, all yeah. these superlatives because you actually they are actually true i actually haven't seen anything quite like it in an indian film uh it's this yeah, whole idea yeah. that all these areas seem you know it's almost like there are portals almost there's these windows are open <laughs> like it's almost seems like people right. are consistently crossing between borders and boundaries even through right, these right. you know means so i mean it's it's a really surreal really like surreal in a very gentle surrealism not in the gentle, lynch, right. not, not yeah. a lynch surrealism yeah. which is like very no, no, like no. uh, <laughs> full on but uh, that's also good like it's just a different type of you know uh but yeah it's 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 the falling asleep like just gradually and then sort of just you know waking up in and a I state think, of uh, yeah. the village thing you mentioned i think it's uh, the way he has shot it and and the yeah. soundscape and the, both of that lends it to a very unique character you know as if the whole yeah. community we know it uh even though we are just getting to know the place but yeah. it seems like we also have that you know to that journey where we are also going with sundaram and you know discovering these mm. things like when he says you have like how did this temple come and he's like oh this has been yeah. going on for two years 
and he's like it wasn't here yesterday so we get those yeah. things i think yeah. that's because of how he designs the whole place as a character yeah, yeah. itself it it is it is yeah. like a, it's like a, like you get some of like the really wry humor because uh you know he's like the whole identity change always brings about comedy in some way right like and i think it's the yeah. whole you get a like it's very gentle everything is very gentle which i think is like a like i for me at least it's like the biggest thing to get a gentle film in this world and context and whatever mainstream cinema quote and quote mainstream this film <laughs> did well right, right. apparently on the in box office which is like something else you know cuz i oh, really? can't imagine okay. yeah it did well apparently so because of mamuti i think okay. and uh, and apparently because a lot of film and lijo because both of their reputation sort of yeah, you know lijo uh, right, yeah. right right so i think uh, it was so i'm firstly very happy that it did this well and you know it's it's one of those uh, you need this type of movie just for the counterbalance of you know the plot of noise that you get sometimes i'm just like you just yeah, need yeah. that I was, uh, i was so tired of pathan and jawan and all this oh, stuff please. last year i'm yes. really glad that we had something like this yeah and to uh, him to him i think he watched it and if he would, he would actually say better because he would, he actually gets the reactions in real time I think because since oh, yeah moment, like I think yeah. I think that was that that I'll never forget that experience because it's the first time I saw a film festival movie where there was like three levels of police protection yeah. and like screening and yeah yeah because the the thing with that is it was a mamuti movie mm. and it was premiering there so mm. like nobody had seen it before mm-hmm. and that is what sort of really really like knocked people's asses off there and like this year also uh, i attended the last iffk also and again another mm. mamuti movie was there kadal the core was playing mm. iffk this time but kadal had already released a month before iffk so people got the chance to see it already and in iffk people did like it was one of the films that sold out immediately but i didn't see the uh, sort of uh, you know the hype or you know the uh, no iffk i think mamuti or or mohanlal film in a theater and especially in a festival crowd you really get those real time uh, audience reactions you know yeah yeah really yeah, yeah for sure them. for sure but and like here for cardan people had had time to watch it in theaters already yeah, no i'm talking about nanpaka like nanpaka yeah like nanpaka it was like uh, yeah yeah because i always wondered how it would be because oh, i always wondered God, it was rajnikanth or mamuti film you know is yeah. the crowd that you know have them worship them in that way in that whole yeah and i thing. sort of i sort of felt very lucky to watch nanpaka because like because of how many callbacks there were and i didn't understand the callbacks because a lot right. of the callbacks were in a lot of the callbacks are in tamil also and and mostly they referred to like older films of mamuti which honestly i haven't seen mm-hmm. i do want to but i haven't seen them and the audience the way they were reacting the way they were reacting i think some of the i think some ilaiya raja music is also used mm. uh, there uh, like popular films film music from tamil cinema so people reacting like crazy to all of that and it was you know it was one of those screenings where like again like you just felt the the sort of vibe and you sort of just felt the oh god i sound like so hipster but uh, yeah it was sort of like a little pumped up theater and you had one of those uh, experiences of watching this huge star and he has so many fans and i'm there in the middle 
like an outsider but i'm also i love what i'm seeing but i'm also sort of experiencing this through the audience around me i mean that Because would be a really uh, but that would be a really like like interesting experience considering the exactly. fans yeah, were yeah. loud and the film is so oh, like, yeah, it's yeah, quiet yeah. but it's but it is like gentle even with the references that are going no, on like, it's not like you know um, yeah i think i think i think in one way that is really like lijo sort of like a you could say like a fan letter to mamuti because mm. i think he's he's just he's like an institution like mm. at this point mm-hmm. in malayalam cinema so it's also sort of in a way a fan letter to him and mm-hmm. i think that sort of really like the audience that i was seeing it with and i think audiences in general they also really sort of just bought that like yeah. they also really sort of appreciated how much lijo was fanboying Mm-hmm. for mamuti in the film mm-hmm. and they sort of like you know went on with it they sort of amplified that and it was it was it was such an experience that's probably one of the best theater experiences i've had where like i was i did not fully understand the movie because there was so much of it was sort of easter eggs and references so as a, as a whole i uh the larger movie i loved but i felt like i would have loved the movie even more if i was also in on the you know yeah. references mm-hmm. but that didn't happen for me so but otherwise mm-hmm. it was it was amazing yeah i haven't seen the film but when you guys um say apichat pong i'm sold he's <laughs> but so good. i think you will like the film I think, I think I like uh, the, I love yeah. these kind of meditative films that kind of make you hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know like uh, but you know guys the the problem is like just Orijit was saying about how meditative it is and how it's like Apichat Pong's movies and all but when you see the film in with an audience like that I it just didn't it just wouldn't feel like that so that was like a downside yeah, yeah, when yeah, I'm no, watching this film a, yeah yeah that's not an idea yeah when I watch yeah when i'm watching this film i really felt like oh this is something so like almost like aspiring slow cinema and you know Why aspiring was the sort of police presence so, was was it like a red carpet no no it was just like uh, people were queuing up from like 5am people were queuing up for 5am for 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 a like 1pm movie okay no, like i was actually intrigued by it because we we don't have a we don't have that matinee idol sort of matinee idol is not the right word to describe mamuti but we we lack i mean in bengali cinema we lack that we have like that we lack that that star you know like mm-hmm. that's that yeah, that, that whole whole old matinee idol sort yeah. of thing but they have that i mean be mohanlal or mamuti i mean they have literally fashions where they there's mohanlal pair i have malayali friends they keep fighting over it so that i i would really like to lejo is doing a or, film with both of them like yeah. Yeah. mohanlal film so, comes out later this month I guess yeah. I mean it's refreshing so, to see yeah. a filmmaker uh, again dabble in so many like different styles and genres. Like he's moving around yeah, like yeah, a, which he does. everything. Yeah, Lee Jo is really yeah. stretched himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's really yeah. pushing himself I think yeah. both in terms so, of his crafts and his sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. It's right. I, I really admire so, him. So yeah, like I also will have to watch Nanpakka again because I want to watch it at my home like mm. in so uh, Netflix I, I think. Not wrong. Yeah, it's on yeah, Netflix. Netflix. So, you watch it on yeah, afternoon watch it yeah yeah i'll watch it after maybe on the weekend after lunch probably something yeah. like that yeah like the siesta time yeah mm. so yeah i mean i guess uh, that's that's all i mean i think we have spent a good one and a half hours again uh, 
and arguing about four films. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that for today. And we will probably have to do another of these at least uh, again. So yeah, yes. let's let's do this again, guys. Yeah, more fighting. Uh, yeah. Stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, like the <laughs> third episode, third episode of Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> so if you if you have made I it, think... like whoever is listening. So if you have made it till this much, I think yeah, wait, please stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I think I think we are the perfect place to do Fight Club because nobody is actually like listening to this. So there's nobody. <laughs> so there's nobody to like talk about it. Listen, so I will make some Fight people. Club won't be... I'll make two three people listen no, to it. No, actually, sure. people listen to it, but it's okay. like very unexpected. So there was this. Uh... One of these elder guys at my institute, they come for these yeah. screenings and all. So just one of them just randomly you know, just encountered and just tell me, you have, you have a podcast and all. And, you like, and I was like, yeah, I have, but how do you know? Like, I mean, he, like, no offense, but he, he seemed like a kind of person who would not be very good with smartphones or podcasts. Sure. I said, no, no, I listen to that. But you guys haven't uploaded any episode for a long time. And I was like, oh, wow. That's wow. one audience I didn't expect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah. yeah, like people listen to us, but only in film schools. Barbie is the best film of last year. I'm happy to be heard by film school people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a wrap, then, guys. Let's do this again something. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, wanted to say something. I was just saying, yeah, like of course, like we'll have Dhruv back because of his Zoom account. <laughs> that is after past lives that's the only reason yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean I, I was considering using my veto to kick you out of <laughs> the podcast but yeah then I realized okay there, there is there is some advantage of having you no, just, just kidding like yeah no, no, I understand. Like having yeah. you on yeah. yeah so yeah that's it then guys bye 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 bye